it's a week off and I'm still, it's still break time, everybody. Cause you know, my kids are on break. And so if my kids are on break, then I'm on break. Um, I feel like everyone fell a little bit on break this week. So if you're here for the first time, my name is CJ Reynolds. This is uh, our show, Sunday Night Teacher Talk, where we come together as educators, as would-be educators, meaning folks that are like still working, working it out. They're still trying to get the through college or still getting into student teaching. And folks that are just trying to figure it out, even though they've been in the game for 30 years, it's a, it's a little bit of a different situation now. So if you can hear too much ambient noise around me, I just want to call this out in the beginning, especially if you're listening to this on the podcast version. So this is available anywhere that you listen to podcasts as well. Um, the windows are open and my loud neighbors in the backyard. There's a lot of things going on around here, right? City life. So I, I apologize, but it's 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 spring here in the Northeast, which means it's either like 87 degrees and humid like yesterday, or it's like 40 degrees and it's raining and possible snow. We just don't, it's a mystery. We live in a mystery. So with that, um, wife, it was yeah. nice to have a week off last week. It really was. And we're back here doing this with you. Yeah. But I also miss being off too. When we're off, I'm always like, oh, we should be doing Sunday night teacher time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels like you've been doing it long enough that you're just it's like, part of our rhythm. Yeah. We should be doing this. We should mm -hmm. be doing this right now. So I want to start. I'm going to start by reading um, a question that I got in a DM. Um, but I got to put my glasses on because I'm at an age now where I got to. We went out to dinner the other night and the bartender was like, do you know what drink you want? Like, kind of like came back for the second time. I was like, I am of an age where I need readers to see what the, what the hell's on the menu because i'm doing this thing instead so oh, oh actually actually hold on we're gonna get to josh's question in a second but for anyone that doesn't know um today is chris carson our one of the og ogs on here his 40th wedding anniversary um chris carson has been married then a lot of you have even longer than you've been alive and so we just want to say happy, I almost said happy birthday, happy anniversary to uh, to Chris Carson's wife Terry. and my friend, Chris oh, Carson. So she always goes, he's I not know. your friend. Um, so yeah, I hope that you guys have a really great day. I hope that there's, uh, you know, some fun going on down there in the pact. Carson has like, I think he has 75 people living in his house right now or something like that. Um, and a dog. I think it is. I think I like packed houses. I think they're yeah, fun. Me too. All right. So let's uh let's hit up Josh's question. Josh hit me up on Instagram. If you have a question, you can just put it in the question section on whatever platform you're on. Um, if you write question next to it or Q, it just helps us identify it faster. So when the uh you know, there's not the secret of, wife. There's lots of chatting that happens sidebar in the comment yeah, section. There's a great good. community that shows up every week. If you ever want to join in, you can do that live. Um but so to help find the questions, if you can put a cue in that in front of your question, that just helps me yeah. find it amongst all the chatter. Um, and anyone that does a super chat, and if you don't know what that is, it doesn't even matter. But if you do a super chat, it bumps your question to the top because we just appreciate it. So um, Josh is asking, uh, wasn't sure if this is a good question for Sunday Night Teacher Talk or not. I think it is. But said, I have a student this year that I've had a really difficult time getting through to. She's shown zero interest in building relationships with me or being at school in general. She's consistently either in the ISS or OSS, which is in-school suspension or out-of-school suspension for, for the new folks. Um, 
and has been a or or maybe if you're not in the U.S. either way. I don't know. Why I feel like I needed to clarify that, but um, and it has been a huge behavioral problem all year. I really feel like I left everything out on the table for building a relationship with her, but I can't find anything that works. Honestly, I feel like I can't do anything else. And that really bums me out. Advice. I would say, Josh, that there, I, this is a perfect question for Sunday night teacher talk. And let's kick it off with this level of heaviness. Um, not every student is there for you to be the one for. And so, you know, and, and also think back to when you were younger. So right. One, not every person that ever gave me a piece of advice was someone I felt like I had to listen to or that I wanted to listen to. And even though that person may have really wanted me to pick up that advice, it doesn't mean I was going to do it. One. Two, trying to build relationships with people. Like some kids, it's like you want to build a relationship, um, but you have to think about what is their trauma right? Have they been burned by relationships before? Did someone say they really, really, really wanted to be a part of their lives and then they disappeared, right? We don't always know what someone's story is, but we do know that people are often fighting battles that we know nothing about. So it could be deeper than what you're even able or capable to do in school. Not all kids want, it might be something about us, right? I had a guy one time I worked with, Stu, um, He's black man, early 40s. I don't know. He's tri he's tricky. He's tricky one. He's one of those guys. You're not really sure how old he is, but I just assume he's in his 40s. So I'm just going to keep going with that, Stu. Sorry. So Stu um, was saying one time that like we were talking to some folks and they were saying, hey, it's easier for some people to get along with students and others. And they kind of like we're looking at Stu. Stu's like a very hip guy. He's um, he dresses cool. He acts cool. He does get along with a lot of students, but he was saying, you know, one of the things he never saw coming, I'm going to talk about why I'm talking about this in a second, is because he's like, as a black man who is working at a school teaching all black young men, he goes, there are kids sometimes who their parents are, they're dating someone and they either don't like that person from the jump or mom and that person broke up and now they feel kind of left out or, or hurt by that by that person he goes and even when you speak <clears throat> even when you talk to a kid sometimes that can remind them of that hurt like you there's something about you that's touching that thing in them he goes just because of what i look like just because of who i am they are there it's tapping into that side of them so i just think that there are the reason i bring that up is sometimes there's other things that kids have been through that we might remind them of and that might actually push them away from us so what do we do with that this comes always back to teaching as a communal activity, right? It is showing up for a kid. It's never giving up, but not giving more than I feel like is needed. And I don't want to pour water into a cup that has no bottom either, right? If it's not going to try and hold on to this, it's like not really worth it. But but here's here's the thing. And because even that language, it's not worth it. We are showing up for kids forever and for always because you just don't know when a kid is going to, flip or a kid might change or a kid might find a moment of truth, a person that they connect with, and they're going to shift. Now, if I go from really, really wanting something for you and then feeling hurt, feeling aggravated at you, <clears throat> feeling angry with kids because they don't want to connect, um, all of these are like 
emotions I felt when students don't want to connect with me. That's hard when a kid might come back around later. Cause now I feel like, like, <coughs> sorry, I ate something and it's like stuck in my throat. Um, you feel like a level of apathy. So you don't want that to happen. Sorry, excuse me. I'm really having a hard time here. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> uh, is why they always have those coffee cups on. Um, look, now I look like I'm crying. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's always showing up because you don't know when that kid's going to come back around or if they might come back around. You also want to think of it as planting seeds that we're not out here just trying to like grow plants all day long. Some seeds they need kids need to be like kind of worn down with love sometimes. So maybe this is a student that when they're no longer in your class, you become a safe place for them to come and talk to. I've had this happen with students many, many times over the years where they didn't want to talk to me freshman year. They didn't want anything to do with me freshman year. And then over time, they kind of like slowly come back to see who, where you are, what you're doing, what you're about, that kind of a thing. And then, then that relationship kicks off from there. Um, and, you know, the other thing is trying to find someone else in the building that might be able to help them, right? And and pouring fuel on that fire, right? Finding that teacher, that person in the building that connects with that student, that could have a lot to do with it also. Um, and look, as good, I, and I will tell you this, I, like, in a, not trying to be a narcissist, but like, I am very good at building relationships with students very, very quickly, even kids that are difficult. It takes, I, I have, I have it down. Like I have what I do down. There are still kids that you can't get through to. And sometimes it would aggravate me that I would try really hard. And then my co-teacher Kayla would like, just like build a relationship with a kid. And I'm like, dude, seriously. She's like, Oh my gosh, you won't leave me alone. Are you kidding me right now? Like you're driving me nuts because I've been trying, but mine wasn't the energy that they needed. They need someone else's kind of energy or their take or their vibe or whatever. So it, I think, that's why we're doing this together. That's one of the many reasons we're doing this together. So mm, like sorry, that, that was a long answer, but all right. Steph Shooker buddy is up first asking what up? Well, second, I guess. How do you combat the lingering student funk that comes with springtime? Mm. It's funny. Cause you would think that with springtime, we always feel like energized by spring, but in the like school calendar year, springtime is like, uh, well, either way. can feel really done with it school. goes either way because kids will either feel done with the year or the nice weather like makes kids go to 10 right. all of a sudden they're just like come in and they're just like energized and wound up and stuff like that uh so i, I think if you're dealing with the funkiness um it's you know one steph i think it's there's, I was talking to my daughter about this yesterday. So my daughter has been feeling a little bit funky yesterday and today because she knows that school goes back tomorrow, that today's the last day of break, of spring break, right? So, um, and I said, one of the things is you're always going to feel that. Like, like I, I've always felt it. Go ahead. Wait. <laughs> now I'm confused because Maisha in the comments that asked uh, Steph if she was asking about if it was body odor related, oh. and then Steph said yes. So now oh. I'm not sure what type of funk we're talking about. Oh, we're talking about stank. Are we talking about both right. type of funk? Which, so, which funk? Right. So Steph? one, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my first answer first. Kids just being funky, um, like feel <laughs> like having their energy is funky. mentally. <laughs> um, I think you know that it's coming, and you do things to combat it. What can you do to sprinkle into your 
your life. And I have a video coming out about this, so I won't talk too, too much about it. I'm just waiting for it to get the sponsor to sign off on it. But um, it's like, is there a trip you could take, right? Like what happened to schools taking trips? Like my kids don't go on any trips. And so, well, my daughter does and my son's homeschooled, but um, so it's like, what kind of trips can you do? What kind of person can you come in and have come in and speak to your class? How many be able to switch stuff up that and do something, you know, kids are going to like um, to get that energy with the, with the smell factor. Um, look, I taught ninth grade boys for a long time. Uh, one Glade plugins. I put one in the front of the classroom, one in the back of the classroom, make sure that the smells match and I change them seasonally. So like this time of year, I'd have something like lavender, uh, you know, billowing through or fresh laundry is a scent that I liked. Mm. Um, lavender is good because it's calming. Yeah. And then it's reminding kids of the importance of deodorant. Like, Hey y'all, let me just, let me just remind you. Here's something. Here's a thing I wish I knew when I was your age is that your underarms are going to start sweating. Kids called it's called puberty and puberty. One of the, one of the downfalls of puberty is you're going to stink if you don't do something about it. So make sure that you put a little spray, a little roll on, on there. If you don't have deodorant, if you can't afford it, um, if you know, but if, I wouldn't say if you can't afford it, if you don't have it, come see me, I'll just hook it up. And this is something I would do. And it doesn't be for everyone. Sometimes the nurse will give it away or something like that too. Um, but it's like, just public service announcement, right? We're going to talk about this. And because I don't think all kids, not all kids come from that family where this is impressed upon them, right? But it's definitely something you're going to get made fun of for and it can be scarring. So that's one of the things I think. I love it. In the comment section, they're saying um, baby wipes to have kids freshen up or like having a spray on kind of uh, version that you can leave for people to yeah. use. Yeah, the baby, the wipes are probably key. I imagine that even if you don't have deodorant to offer students, yeah. that wipes will just help. No, our, cut our it kids down all the time. Bit. I like when <laughs> I'm gonna put my son on blast real quick. I like when my man doesn't put deodorant on because we're going to the gym, and he's like, "I'm just gonna get sweaty and go home and take a shower." I'm like, "But I have to work out next to you, <laughs> so do dad a kindness and put deodorant on." <laughs> I'm like, it's not for you; it's yeah. for the rest of us around. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, my man, man, Maisha, thank you for uh, clarifying for us because we I'm were going drop the wrong way. I want to drop another thing in here real quick. I'm going to drop in the chat um, oh. real quick. If, if this is still on here. Yeah, here it is. All right. So I'm putting in the chat right now a GoFundMe. Um, and I don't typically do this, but this is a this is a close one to me. My buddy. Uh, can you pop it up on the screen? Chevy Brooks. Um, can I put my own on there? Oh, I no, just no. put that out. The, I don't know what I just did. Um, there it is. My buddy uh shivy brooks and his wife lost their 16 year old son who was away for spring break in florida um if you follow him on instagram many of you might it's uh it's uh at uh call me shivy uh he's a high school teacher down in the atlanta area his 16 year old son bryce went on a trip with some friends for spring break um some kids were caught in a current this story as i understand it some kids were caught in a current Bryce tried to save them, ended up getting caught in the, I think he saved multiple kids, ended up getting caught in the current himself. And then a family friend jumped in, tried to save him, and they both drowned uh, on this spring break trip. So they there is a GoFundMe that has been organized by Hope and Wade King from Get Your Teach On, and they are trying to, I think they organize it, if I'm giving credit I'm, to someone that doesn't I believe they did. deserve it, but they're, I'm, they're the ones that sent me the email. 
they're trying to raise money um, to help with things like funeral costs. And I mean, all, all that's going to come from losing a 16 year old son out of nowhere. Um, so I wanted to say, you know, of course, our prayers are we're thinking about them when we pray. And uh wanted to throw this GoFundMe up there. If that's something that you have the capacity to do, if it's something you feel like a call in your heart to do, um, please consider. But they are, uh, yeah, they're yeah, good if people, you're, man. If and, you're a praying person or good vibes, whatever you want to put out in the world, I'm yeah. sure that the Brooks family could use it at this point. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that this evening as well. Um, right, cool. You ready to All move right. On to Let's another John Fox is up asking, admin gave uh, from the weekend before Easter break to do report cards and they're due Tuesday. Usually they give us two full weeks and weekends. Is it bad that I didn't do them over break? No. Um, feels unfair and I needed to not think about school over break. No, it's a break. John, it's like, I mean, if you're a union, I, I believe it's like in your contract, but um, I've never worked for a union school. I've only ever worked for charter schools. So, um, but I just know what my boundaries are. So what I would do going in this week is try to lessen your teaching load and try and so you can get more grading done. Don't play the games with kids with like, can I get more grades in or anything like that? Just like, no. Um, and I typically, here's, here's a move too. I stop taking work from students and they know this. It's not a surprise. It's every kid knows it exactly when I'm going to do it. I build about a two to three week buffer in before my grades are stop for the marking period. Right. So kids have, it's like, it's two weeks, not three weeks. Um, but I stop grades about two weeks before for a couple of reasons. One it allows me to get grades finished Two, it allows students that are sick or that have been out by something that they can't control. Um, it allows them to get work in as well. So I'm not like having to give them an incomplete or something like that. It allows me to reach out to parents. So if I do have a couple of students that have extenuating circumstances, I want to make sure that I give them extra work uh, it, to, to kind of bring their grade up. And that that's a whole nother conversation about what I think is extenuating circumstances, but like it's creating that opportunity for students to bolster their grade. You want to be able to make sure that there's time to do that as well and not feel like so overwhelmed at the same time. So that's how I, I roll it out. So I would try and find what are some like student driven tasks that could happen this week in class. So that's giving you extra time and then feeling, not feeling like everything, if you're doing this, not everything this week that you're grading has to go into your grade book, put it in next marking. All right, uh, Elise is up next asking, Earth Day this week, any simple activities I can easily roll out to the school? Uh, so depending on the maturity level of your students, one of the things I love, I weren't learned from um, my maybe distant cousin, I don't know, Richard Reynolds wrote a book called Guerrilla Gardening that I was super into, um, this idea of like gardening spaces and places in your neighborhood that are not yours. you just go out at night under cover of darkness and start gardening stuff. And this is a weird thing I used to engage in all the time. Um, so they do a thing that's called uh, creating seed bombs. And what you do is take little bits of like natural clay. You can just get regular clay from like, uh, like from like, I don't know, any craft store is going to have it. like Joanne fabric, uh, Michael's 
AC Moore's not a thing anymore, right? Well, he's not around here. It's not. Yeah. So don't go there. Um, <laughs> and so what you do is you get it, you flatten them out into like little tiny circles about this big, where are we at? About this big. You take, get wild seed mix, or you can get sunflower, something, some kind of seed that's going to live no matter what, like they are, they don't have to be super cared for. Then put those in the middle of the thing with a little bit of compost or, you know, I'm not real miracle grow person. I'm more of an organic person, but like putting some kind of organic in the middle, then rolling it into a ball. Right. And once that you, it dries, it's like this little clay ball. And so I would make them with my students and we would just chuck them places like over fences where it's just, you're in the city. They tore down a building 10 years ago, just sitting there and like, you know, life finds a way. So you're just chucking these into places where they wouldn't normally be. Then what happens is when it rains, it breaks down the clay, the soil and the fertilizer touch the ground. And then you grow flowers in places that you normally wouldn't be able to grow flowers. And we've always had a really good time with that. Um, but like I said, you got to make sure you're doing the right kids and not like chucking seed balls at one another or at school buses or something like that. Not that my students ever would do something like that, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. you might. Oh no, we don't have any questions. Mm. I mean, it's, it's off week, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. We weren't here last week. We're here. Uh, you know, people are like trying to be on break. I feel like they're just like, you know what, Reynolds, I'll catch you next week. Right. Well, this it's, is, the, um, it's the last day before a lot of people go back to school. Yeah. Tomorrow. And I feel like that a little bit too. It's like, even coming on today, I'm excited to be on and see everyone. But you're, it's in the back of my mind, like Marley's going back to school tomorrow. Is, is are her clothes ready? Do we have yeah, lunch stuff for her? Time. Do we like, yeah. And so imagine the, everybody that even falling back is listening. Rhythm. Yeah. And I've been way off my rhythm. I mean, I haven't woken up before the sun all week. There's, my habit tracker is a nightmare right now. So oh, that's Nassim. He's yeah. Nassim is asking, how was your break? Um, break was great, man. We did a lot of stuff together. We did a lot of antique hunting. We, my wife took the kids to go see the Mario Brothers movie. My friend, uh, Miss Cho, got her doctorate, did her final dissertation. So I zoomed in for that from Harvard, which was super fun. Um, we did an escape room, which we beat. And my kids and wife had never done an escape room before. I'd only done two, two different occasions. I took students and it was awesome. So fun, man. It was so fun. I, I was really nervous to do an escape room because that's like not usually my jam, especially like timed things. It puts me under pressure. And then I just, I don't know, my mind draws blank. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not good for those, um, but we did it. And it, it was, was so fun. I highly recommend people try an escape room there, with their students. To be honest. They're ridiculously overpriced. They're super it's expensive. So expensive for no yeah. reason. But a lot of times schools, so one, um, I, I mean, I never had students pay for any class trips, I don't think. I don't think so. Um, I always thought it was a good idea and I wanted to try, but then it becomes a limiting factor. That's another story. Um, mm -hmm. But I always like, it's a great class trip. And if the school can pay for it and you can get group rates a lot of times, or because they're students, sometimes the price yeah. is a little bit lower, but they are, or look out for a Groupon or something like that. It's just way worth it. It's problem solving in action. It is working together. Oh as a yeah. Group. It was total. I would do it again, um, even with the price, but yeah. I wish I could do more of them. I 
we do more of them like more often if it wasn't so expensive yeah but, yeah i wish we just like scooby-doo characters when we went but next time we will <laughs> so is... i had a great spring break man just a lot of like relaxing and just family time needed. and together. And now i feel ready like tomorrow morning to yeah. get up back up early again and start going for it it's like let's go i'm excited about it all right um we do have some questions oh now. go ahead uh oh well nasim's asking what are your summer plans do we have any summer plans we have summer plans to work nasim yeah. <laughs> with the things that we're building now we're hoping that we'll roll out at some point um in july and august the, one of the big things we're working on will come it will I, I am watch this it will come out in july i i just thought in my head i'm like um, i can't even believe i said that because i yeah. never say those things out loud no, it will come out in july then it's speaking trying to get as much speaking as possible so if anyone if your school is doing professional development they are looking for a keynote they are looking for someone to lead training this summer with new teachers with for, your district whatever they can hit us up, break, go read to realwrapwithreynolds.com. They can find all the information there or just email us at realwrapwithreynolds at gmail.com. Um, but it's doing a lot of that, but it's really trying to capitalize on that stuff. And then doing something like doing family time too. We're going to plan a vacation and do something. We don't, I don't know where that is yet, but like somewhere local, like nothing yeah. too crazy, but just some th time with family. The beauty of the summer too, is that we like if I get up at four thirty or five and our kids don't wake up till nine, that's like that's a lot of time to do work. Yeah. And then once the kids wake up, it's like, all right, let's do something. And we family. live so close to the beach that we do a lot of day trips to the beach. Um, we hope to do more this yeah. this summer for sure. So cool. All right. Uh, John Lopez is up asking, what are your wishes for new teachers in the last quarter of the academic year? John, I hope that folks, I think teachers have a tendency to take on more of a loss than is their fault. Um, now look, sometimes classes aren't doing well and it is your fault, right? I'm, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say it's not. Um, I have definitely been there. I've seen classes, I've run classes where I'm like, dude, this is, I'm part of the problem here. However, there are issues and situations and schools and states of schools that it's not your, it, it wasn't you. Um, or this is more of an issue. I met a woman today at the antique store that, uh, had like 22 kids in a class. It, it, her, her, her situation was like unwinnable. She had 22 in a way kids that, with like a lot of kids with like that were uh, super under level, under grade level where they should be. And she had a lot of special education students that needed help. So she needed a para. She needed an extra set of hands in that classroom. And she was told no. <laughs> so it's like, it's hard to not take that stuff on for you too. And the other thing is, look, John, you know, I, I spring is one of the greatest seasons, right? It's, it's, it is this, it's the flowers only last so long. This weather only lasts so long up here in the Northeast. It's going to be 95 every day in no time. And so really taking that in and letting it rejuvenate you, remembering how much of a positive effect vitamin D has on your system. So just getting outside for 20 minutes a day, getting direct sunlight on your skin. It's like, enjoy that. Um, that's, that was my hope. I, this was always my favorite time of the year. I know a lot of teachers hated it, but this was a time of the year that, man, if you put in the work during the year, this was, man, classroom management just got easier. Like you just, 
you knew who was the problem. You knew who was this, who was not. You knew, you just knew your classes, and it just allowed a flow to happen. And I, it's just always made me love this time of the school year. Hmm. That's a really, that's an interesting outlook. I don't think I ever heard you say that. Really? Yeah. All right, Nassim. Nassim mm -hmm. is up uh, asking any summer recommendation places. Um, I mean, gosh, it depends what Lopez, you really Lopez like. Lopez in the comments told him to go to Portugal. Yeah, <laughs> Lopez all over the place. Um, if I could go anywhere, let's do this. This summer with oh gosh, with my kids, my kids hate heat. So I all right. I if kinda, it was just you and me, where kinda, would we go? I would love to go. I love Puerto Rico. I, mean, I think Puerto Rico is a quick flight. It's super beautiful. The people are incredible. Mm, the mm -hmm. food's so good. Um, this is true. I thought, like, There's so many great things in Puerto Rico. You get history. You can get yeah. surfing. You get... Like, well, with our kids, pure. I've been thinking of going like to towards Maine. Still nice. Still yes. summer. I think they would love that. So something like that would be fun, too. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, Steph, you're up next. And she's asking, since I'm just coming back, I now have six weeks to plan and put up a new theater production. The original musical planned will not work ideas i was thinking original takes on fairy tales um gosh that's such a short amount of time steph i'm wondering a lot of work steph so if you do original takes on fairy tales could you do um one time we did a play actually we did a couple plays like this we generally did like original plays at our school there was very few things that were like we did Macbeth one time but even that was like dystopian future of Macbeth. um we did a play called Philadelphia, and it are focused around things like gun violence in Philadelphia and a number of other like hot topic, hot button topics in it. And it was a bunch of like little, is it a min, minette? Is that what I'm thinking of? Is that the word? Um, little chunks of like a play that would happen. And that was super fun because nothing was too long. We've actually done a couple of plays like that. Where it's like these little, you know, 10 minute chunks. We did one around um, Greek gods and goddesses one year where there was like, we built like this family feud board, which was insane. I had this giant family feud board in my living room that I built um, with the little things that turned around and it made the dinging sound and all that stuff. So we made like one scene was, you know, the gods and goddesses doing family feud. Another one was them doing sock puppets. It was absurd. So it was all these little pieces. And that was a really that was way more fun and I, and it was far more doable and it was easy. It was great. Cause you could get kids to play like two roles if a kid was really good, but you weren't, you weren't stuck with having someone that wasn't really a go-getter having to do something when they didn't have enough time to learn the lines. It was just, I think it solved a whole lot of problems and it was really, really fun. Yeah. That's what Maisha said too. She said she called it fractured uh, fairy tales. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Same idea. Um, okay. Up next is, Andrea, Andrea is as sweet as Coco. Yeah, sweet as Coco. Andre, I think. as sweet Andre's, as Coco. Okay, all yep. right, that's what we're going with. Yeah, Andre, as sweet as Coco, asking, how do you feel about teachers wearing jeans to work other than Fridays? Man, let me tell you something. This is a great question. I, I, I have this long, long list, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but things I think teachers should be able to do. I, you know. Here's the thing. My students were required to wear uniforms to school. And sometimes I'm I'm with uniforms. Sometimes I'm not with uniforms. My students, I I was with it because not, I think, you know, one of the things we talked to our students about is that 
every kid, most kids have enough clothes for one dress down day, but not everyone has clothes for two dress down days. So everyone has enough nice stuff to at least pull off one day showing up like that. But so how do we do that? How do we deal with that? How do we help our, our, so in our school, it was like, how do we help our brothers out? And that was, we're all going to agree to wear a uniform so that we can, we can level that, that particular part of the playing field. Right. And you still saw you, right. It's still sometimes fairly obvious to see like, well, who can afford a haircut? Who has nice shoes? Whose clothes look clean? Whose clothes look dirty? And so it's, it's, there's still a piece of that there, but it was the gesture of, you don't like other people might not have it. I'm willing to do this for my community. And that's how we're going to move forward. And I love that. Um, because clothes can often times they become like the status symbol thing. Now, because of that, I wore a tie every single day. Like I never dressed down unless my students were dressing down because I wanted to be the example and I wanted to be there with you. Now I wasn't going to wear a school uniform because I didn't want to like, because first of all, if they were, I didn't really like them that much. I'm going to tell you that. Um, but I would wear something very similar oftentimes to a school uniform. So, but that was like me standing in solidarity with my students doing this thing also. Now, if I worked at a school where kids could wear whatever they want, I just think who cares what teachers are wearing, right? Like when you look at the state of the world, I think that that dressing up and looking professional, right, has changed a lot, right? You look at like all these entrepreneurs on the internet or on TV or people that are writing books or running podcasts and like, you know, like whether it's Gary Vaynerchuk or Mark Zuckerberg, like no one's dressing up to go to work anymore. It's a different world. And so I, I don't see an issue with that because I think this vision of what we think is professional is tied to something that is old and I don't think always has value. Now, if you're at a school where that is different, right? You want, you need to set yourself apart to look the professional part that I hate air quotes. I'm going to do it anyway, that professional part, then perhaps that there is value in that, but I don't see I think wear what you want. I mean, as long as you're not rolling in in like pajama pants. I think especially elementary teachers like that. They have like those teachers are wearing skirts and they're like on the floor. I don't know. As a mom, when I had little kids and, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, like I didn't, I didn't want, I was on the floor. I was playing with my kids. Yep. I was doing those things. He's that's running a, around that's a good like point. I, I needed jeans or leggings or whatever, like not dresses and skirts. Yeah. Or if you're teaching a certain class that like lends itself to being, a little dirtier, right? Like if you're science. doing science outside, right. if you're going Becky Schnexer route, mm -hmm. like if y'all are teaching science, and you don't know who Becky Schnexer is, look it up. Uh, Expedition Science is the name of her, her book. So you're doing science, you're doing experiments. Like when I would walk around the school with that Odyssey project where I would have the students follow me where I'm jumping over railings and stuff like that. I'm like sweating to death, wearing a tie, a sweater, mm -hmm. I got dress pants on. I smell like soup by the end of the day. It's a whole mess. You got the whole funk going on that Stephanie yeah, Shook yeah, was talking I about. That, I got that kid <laughs> funk. And they're like, well, Reynolds is doing the funk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Miss L is up next asking, I am struggling to keep, to keep motivated with someone else, uh, with someone else sitting what I consider lackluster content advice to renew enthusiasm and sprinkle magic on a dry syllabus. So I, I think it, mm, this is one of those questions I wish I had a little bit more information from. Um, so my, 
without knowing too much else, and I hope this works, is it's being the example, right? It's showing up and doing the things that you know are going to make it come alive, even though you might get shade for it, for it. Like someone's going to look at you and think like, oh, you know, would you better than everyone else? All the other crap that people might think. And, and I'll tell you what, L, I, I don't, even if someone doesn't say something to me, I don't, I don't ex- suspect that anyone's saying anything about me. I just go and do my thing. And if people don't like it, then that's different. Like if they say it to me, then we can have a conversation. If someone has a problem with what I'm doing, we can have a conversation. But if no one says anything, I don't think twice about it. I just am like, I don't, what's like, I just pretend that everyone loves it or that they don't have a problem with it. But I think, how do we change school culture is always by doing something. And then if anyone gives you any like love for it, it's maybe helping someone else out with their class, helping them figure out how to sprinkle magic so that what you're doing becomes contagious. You're empowering people and you're creating these opportunities in multiple different classes for students all over the school and for teachers to be fully who they're called to be. And not just like some, you know, watered down version because we're afraid of what everyone else is going to think. Um, I think teaching has more to do with confidence and that way also than anything else. It's not just your pedagogy. It's not what you know about your subject matter. It is, do you have the courage to do the thing that is needed to make your, to teach your class off? And so I I think go for it and be the example of what that is. Absolutely. All right. Mary is next asking, I have a period with some really difficult behavior kids. They are playing me. I have split them up, but they keep finding ways to get up and visit each other, each other and have been throwing art supplies around the room. Their behavior just continues to get worse. And we just have five weeks of school left. It's it's my first year and I keep dreading this period. Any tips? Sure. So Mary, I think, um, I do. I'm trying to surmise this down. Uh, I would say hmm, hmm, hmm. All right. So I would start with there's only five weeks left. You have to start with the mindset that um, what you're doing, what you're going to try is going to be practice. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but you'll at least go out in a blaze of glory, knowing that you tried your best and then trying some of those skills, practicing some of that confidence so that it's going to tie into next year. Because here's the thing about kids that that all kids, right? Whether they're a pain in the butt, whether they're really smart, whether they love school, whether they're silent and don't say anything, you're going to have those kids again next year. There's going to have a different face and a different name, but those same behaviors will come back time and time again. So it's the more you practice, the more you see what works, the more you see what doesn't work is going to allow you the ability to deal with these same behaviors in the future. So with regards to this class, I would let those students know, look, here's here's what's happened. This is what I I wouldn't I don't even think I'd go into like this is what I think is happening or this is what I think I see happening. It is going forward. Here's what's here's the gig. Right. We need to. These are the parameters. This is where you're supposed to be sitting. You're not supposed to be going over to this table. There's no reason to ever go over to that table. So you will not go over to that table. If they do hold them accountable, you could call home. You could 
talk to someone in the office or talk to like someone that's on your school's climate team. You could give a kid a detention. You could like send an email home. Um, It, but it's whatever you're saying you're about, it's really, really sticking to those things. It's really, really doing what you say you're going to do. And then realizing that you don't have to do all of it. So it's even talking to, so if I was in a situation where I had five weeks left in school and I'm really, really like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling thin. I'm feeling worn out. Um, I would talk, I would have a plan in place for, all right, here are these same students. This is the situation. I'm going to have them sitting separated. They're, the goal is to have them not interact with one another, but then also um, what's going to happen if this doesn't go right. Right. So I need to have that plan in place so that I'm not stuck like a deer in headlights and not sure what to do. So I would have, the head of our culture and climate team, Mr. Meeks. There we go. City living. That's dirt bikes doing wheelies down, down the main road here. Um, so it is talking to my guy, Mr. Meeks, and letting him know who I'm dealing with. He's going to have a conversation with them. I'm going to have a conversation with them. If they don't do what is necessary, they're going to be put out of class to talk with Mr. Meeks. And so what you're trying to do is get kids to to find the rhythm. I'm not just trying to kick kids out. I'm not just trying to get kids in trouble. But we have to remember also that when these kids are taking so much mind share, it's stopping us from being able to teach everyone else that's in class as well. And so that's part of what I would do. I would also consider calling home and saying, hey, look, these are some of the behaviors I've been seeing lately. Um, I would probably email this because it's going to give parents a longer time to be able to process. These are some of the behaviors that I've been seeing. And I'm wondering, um, it, you know, what has worked before to help your student to be engaged in class, seeing what parents say to that, but now the, the parents are already in the know and you didn't put their kid on blast and just write home and tell them they were in trouble. You looked for something to help you. Um, so now it's like you and the parent working together to help their student. Um, and then, you know, gosh, there's there's so many things here, but it's just, it is, it's holding kids to a level of accountability that might surprise them and helping kids to understand, and maybe this is through a conversation as well, that like, this isn't about you. I have a video coming out to talk about this as well, where this, this idea of like, you know, when kids say like, all I did was, all I did was get out of my seat and go and ask them for a pencil. All I did was like, I have a detention because all I did was throw a paper ball across the room, whatever it is. Right. And it's not just what, it's not all you did was this. It's you are interrupting learning for other students. And so that's the bigger picture. You're interrupting, you're not finding success while you're doing that. And you're certainly interrupting the success that other people could be finding because of the behaviors that you are like exhibiting in class. I think one last thing, Mary too, is like making sure that in these last parts of the year, are we doing things that have the optimal chance of being engaging for students? They might not be engaging for all students. Some kids might still hate doing the work, being asked to do anything. Like it still might be there, but can I get the majority of my class on board with something makes those students like they become far more of an outlier. And it is obvious to everyone that 75, 80, 85% of the class was locked in. And then like you five jokers are just like doing this. It makes it so much more obvious and then making 
like dealing with that becomes better too because because you can see exactly what's going on in those situations too all right patty cakes uh is asking which financial literacy topic do you think interests high school students most taxes investments credit and credit scores i i think depending on what kids want to do it's a combination of both i think most students want to do they have you know, I'll say this at my school, like most of my students didn't have a bank account. Students didn't understand taxes at all. Um, they didn't understand the value of like saving money and, and compound interest and these sorts of things. And some of that look is because there's a lot of violence in the neighborhood in which I was teaching, right? Like in West Philly, like I've seen a lot of kids that like have lost friends. We've lost a lot, a lot of kids, man. And so it gives you the sense that like, you don't even know if tomorrow, tomorrow's not promised. So like, why would I save anything and not just go ham today and, and do it all? And so, um, but I think it's helping kids to realize that, look, one, here's one of the things I talk to my students about. Rich people, people that are, if you want to be rich, rich folks are not interested in all we, like the really rich are not interested in looking rich. Um, and they they don't they don't work for money. They make money work for them. So it's when you get money, what can you do to that with that money to make more money? Not to just spend it so you can look cool. How can you use that money to make more money? That's what I was gonna say. For high school students, yeah. I think it's about like nobody wants to really learn about taxes or how to balance a checkbook or any of that. Although I think all that's very important. I think you're asking what would interest them. And I think it's simple how to make your money, make money for you, how to yep. make your money, make money. So everybody wants I've to learn had, that trick. <laughs> and, and so kids might feel like they can't do that, but with the way the internet role, like to, for you to be able to like, you can be anybody and have an Etsy store. You can be anybody and, and have an Instagram platform or a YouTube channel. Like there's no, like you, if you have internet and a device that you can record with, you can have stuff on all that. Or Gary Vaynerchuk, I remember telling students years ago, he started talking about like going on Craigslist, finding stuff that's for free in their free section, and then taking it home, cleaning it up, maybe taking a nicer picture and then putting it on Facebook marketplace and selling it there. And so, or putting it on Etsy and selling it there. And so I think empowering students of like, this is what you could actually do, right? So then I would run my kids through like, oh man, what if you had a YouTube channel? It was like, all we do is like trash pick on Sunday nights. And um, yeah, but that's, that's a, how to make money. I'm talking yeah. about after you make money, it's the investment part. But I think it's that, it's that, how do you, it, I think it's that, that first piece, right? It's like, it's getting kids interested in the making money. Why we would make money? What can we do with that sure. money? And then how can we make more money? And when that becomes the game, oh, that's fun. Right. Man. It's like, and what do you do with your money that. once you get it? It's yeah. like, you can just spend it all if you want. You could just keep it in a bank account if you want. But what does that do? And what's the interest on that versus all the other yeah. uh, safer investment op options that you can yeah. make? And I see that even just in our daughter, right? From going to like the thrift store, we'll go to Goodwill. She'll find something and she looks it up on eBay to see what it's selling for. And she's like, oh, can we have an eBay store and I can sell this thing? And it's like, yeah. But then you're going to learn all those other things through that. Um, and I think, look, the power of credit scores, damn it. I, that was a conversation every year with kids that were seniors. It's like next year when you go to college, 
They're going to promise they're going to give you a Frisbee or a pizza or whatever to try and get you to get a credit, a credit card, card. For $500. For yep. you. That's and how you're going to feel started. like you are balling until, until, until you, you get blow the bill. That. Yeah. So don't do it. Stay away from credit cards and college yes. kids. Absolutely. Um, uh, interesting fact, uh, Fiona Edwards uh, mentioned, she said, we no longer have checkbooks and checking accounts in New Zealand. Really? Interesting. Man, I got stuck behind a Is lady that busted right? out a check the other day, and I felt like I was going to get there my whole life. <clears throat> it's funny things we don't teach kids. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of it that we but, don't teach kids, <laughs> at least in school. Yeah. Okay. Dana is up next asking, uh, any book recommendations for 16-year-old non-native English speakers who feel angry and confused about life? Something uplifting, but deep to read over the summer. Cheers. Man, who is, I, I don't know how good this is for a 16-year-old. Um, I like the idea of soundtracks by what's his name? John Acuff. Yeah, but they came out with a. I can't. I couldn't find it actually. I need you to do some digging and find it for me. Um, I thought they were coming out with a teen version, like yeah. him and his daughters were writing that same sort of book, but geared towards teens. Yeah. Which I thought was brilliant because it helps them how to. I mean, look, we all know as adults, like controlling your mind and that chatter in your mind is like i was gonna say that because folks might not know yeah so it's about being able to control that chatter in your mind right when we don't think healthy thoughts how do what do we do with that and how do we how can we shift it and i they have one for adults um i don't know if a 16 year old could read it because i haven't read the his version but if you're not a native reader it's like i would consider also dana um i'm getting i'm because i'm on the because I'm on, like I'm being asked this, like I'm on. Oh, you blind? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm exactly what I said. <laughs> but I think not being afraid to get something that's in their native language for them to read, right? So, like, even though they, you might want them to learn English, it's like giving them something that's gonna, it's gonna, if if we can if we can touch the soul, like the soul has to come before the mind, right? The spirit has to come before the mind, and so like if we're not in that place where we even believe in ourselves or think that all this is worth anything, then who cares what you teach someone? There's like, it's worthless. I think that's why I thought of soundtracks. Yeah. Cause to me, it's like working on the part where he's like feeling angry and confused. Like, but I'm wondering if there's, I think sometimes a book like, like perks of being a wallflower or something like that, where you're going to, it's the, it's the narrative you're watching, you're reading about someone going through it yeah. and it's not so clinical. Um, could be it. Uh, but, and I would say, Dana, I mean, if you have the capacity, I'm wondering if anyone has a book that they could recommend that would be a good fit. And then you could kind of look them up. Otherwise, I think you could also go in our Facebook group, um, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk, ask for books in there. I got it. I asked for books for my daughter recently, and I got a slew of them or going to a bookstore. If you think about it, not many people there's not a ton of people that go to bookstores anymore. So to go to a bookstore and ask someone like, Hey, this is my situation. This is their jam. This is what they love to do. And so that's a good place to find answers too. But then if you could buy that book and have it be brand new and give it to a kid, the unbelievable joy on a kid's face when they are given something that they didn't expect, they didn't ask for that's brand new is something that's really special. Like, especially a book that's like, man, I, you know, I've bought, bought, I have bought a ton of books for kids that never got a new book before. And it's just like, 
to crack that spine for the first time. Oh man, it's magical. Um, I want to go back to Miss L because she put in a couple more uh, follow-up things about her class. Sure. You know, she said it's really boring and she has to do some other other people's stuff. Let me say this real quick oh. to Dana. You can leave Miss L up there. Okay. Dana, the fact that you're even doing this, I just want to reaffirm the fact that you're doing it is like such a beautiful and wonderful thing. And what a great thing for that student. Like what a blessing it is for them to have you to be even looking out for something that's going to help them along this next season of their lives is really wonderful. And so for all, and for all of you doing the same thing, I just think that's incredible. All right. So Miss L is saying um, to clarify, it's not in the U S and another teacher sets the content and topics, worksheets, class notes, and tests. And she just has to teach it. It's very tedious because I'm used to setting my own content and syllabus. Um, there's a third one on here. Hold on. Yeah. I know it sounds easy for me, easy, but for me, it really, it, it's not creative at all. And I have to give them the set content. Terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jesus. Font type. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible, but how to, how to sprinkle magic. So I think you, but I think you could do that. You have to take someone else's content. Cause I think that's what a lot of teachers, even in the States are, are stuck with as well. Yep. It's really similar. And maybe it's not someone that they know personally in their building that's writing the content, but they just give these curriculums that you're supposed to follow yeah. word for word and the, everything set for you. And so a lot of teachers struggle with that, but I think it's about like taking that boring lesson and then figuring your own way to sprinkle yeah. magic on it. Yeah. It's, I think it's like covering a song. Like if you're in a band and you're, what's your band's version of this song? Like I'm not going to play it exactly. No, for no, I need to put my own, my own stuff on it, my own sauce on here. And so I would begin by finding little ways, right? So if you have, if you're getting PowerPoints with really terrible font on them, how can you make it look better? Maybe you are, changing some of the pictures and stuff like that. It's not changing the content, right? It's just changing like how it's shown, right? You could take a piece of chicken and flap it down on a plate, or you could set it up nicely and you could have some, you know, garnish on there and whatever, all the other crap that they put on plates to make it look fancy. It's how you're serving that, that thing up to um, changes what you're doing. And it's, where are we in the school? How are we doing this? Is it like, are we like I, I've given lessons and I know that other teachers have done the same thing, but it's like my kids are all laying on the floor when I'm giving out this information. My kids are on the front steps of the school. My kids are doing the same pictures, but with sidewalk chalk on the side of the building instead of on a piece of paper um, that I'm giving the same notes. But my students are doing it in a way that is different than what everyone else is doing. It's the same stuff. We're reading the same book. We're getting through the same thing. I'm just trying to make it come alive. So it's looking for how, look at this thing that I've been given, whether it's a test, whether it's a quiz, whether it's note taking. And what would this look like if it was fun? What would this look like if it was cool? What would this look like if it was, if it was, this was, uh, I know people hate this idea of like edutainment, but like, what would it look like if this was like a little bit of, like there was like some showmanship behind this. And because any, it's like, when you are, it, it should be an authentic expression, I think, also of who you are and who your students are. So it's not just us doing what's best. Like, it's just, like it's, I know you said it, it's, it is. It could be very easy. And there might be a teacher that would be thrilled to be able to just walk in the in someone else's shoes. But if that's not for you and you know that's not what's lighting you up, then it's certainly not going to light up your students, right? 
School is not a place to download information into kids' heads. It is an opportunity for us to get to know our students, to then take what we get to know about students, see what is, know what's special about us, know what we have to bring. And then it, it is the intersection of those two things that makes a classroom come to life. So what are things, pictures, examples, ideas that you could pull from what your students are interested in as well that is going to make that lesson come alive? But I would start doing that in small increments. Um, so it's like, could I just replace all the pictures in a PowerPoint? Could I stop using whatever terrible font is being used and use something that's maybe even a little bit more legible, have less words on here? But like it's 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 having that courage to try and do those small tweaks because those are going to lead to giant peaks in the end. All right. Um, this is a timely for this season. Go for it. Uh, Ryan's up next asking, when did you know it was time to move on from teaching? This was my 12th year of teaching and each year is getting harder to find the excitement to teach. So Ryan, I think if you think about it, for me, it was, there were a number of things, right? It was the five or six principals in three years. It was the loss of all of my friends from my school. It was, um, the new administration, every new administration had a new big idea that they were going to roll out. Everyone went with it. And then it was like, bro, all right. No, oh, this is number six coming in now. Like, what's your new big idea that we're all going to have to do and change everything? And it's just frustrating. Um, my call, though, wasn't just with any of that stuff. My call was this feeling, this intuitive feeling of knowing like I was called to do something different. Um, so I didn't leave education. That's never been my hope at all. What I want is to empower educators. My, my goal was actually to see, like, I came through all that stuff. I came through everything that I've been through so far, right? None of it got me. And how can I help others to do that as well? That was my pull to something else. Now you have to think, what is your pull, right? So after 12 years, if teaching is not something that lights you up anymore, then maybe it is time to, to change something. But I will say this for those of you that are looking to not leave education. And maybe this is you're asking too, Ryan, is that, you know, I've been with my wife for, I don't know, like 27, 26 years, something like that since senior year of high school. Um, and there have been times where like things are great. There have been times when things are hard, more difficult when Thanks you know horrible. We, like, but no no things have been really tough sometimes but like things can kind of get boring right it's like you're like you're we're eating at the same place life kind of goes through a rhythm but it feels like less of an exciting rhythm and more of like a ooh, ooh, do, mm -hmm. we're just keeping it going um i think for me those are always opportunities for experiments to figure out what can I do? So like, I can't put education. My students were never in control of my joy. My admin was never in control of my joy. I wasn't happy. I wasn't only happy at work because I had good admin because I had good students. Um, it makes it better. It's a whole hell of a lot easier to be happy at work. If you have strong administration that cares about you, that students that are showing up and wanting to do the stuff and are excited about life and class and all that stuff. But if they weren't, it was, what am I going to do for me? So Ryan, I think that's a you question of what else can you do, right? Like what else brings you joy? What else, what other ways can fill you up so that I'm not putting all the onus on what I'm doing? 
Um, and so what are those opportunities in school where it's like, I'm going to spice this up. Like, what would this look like? What kind of teacher do I want to be? And then sitting down and thinking about that, like, how does that teacher move through school? Are they talking to more people? Are they doing more things for the school as a collective? Are they surprising people with joy? Are they being sillier? Are they being less stressed? Are they excited when they walk in the building? And so how do I start fostering some of those feelings, one, outside of school so that I can be a better person walking into school? And then two, it is reverse engineering that. So what would that look like? How do I start acting like the person I want to be? And this is, I just think, good advice in anything you're doing in your life, right? Whether you are working, whether it is a relationship with your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, or, you know, whatever, um, it is what would the best version of myself, the version of myself I'd be excited to be, how would they handle things? What would they be doing in their life? And then just start doing some of those things. And I think what we find is that it doesn't take a million changes to change anyone, right? It's like, it's not the huge diet and thinking about it over a two year period, but like, yo, if you, if you ever exercise and eat well for two weeks, you realize that like, man, you feel a hell of a lot better all of a sudden. So it's just trying to do those small peaks and then getting bet like those, those tiny risks are going to lead to you being able to make bigger risks and bigger risks and bigger risks that are all going to benefit all the people around you. Mm. Heather in the comments said that um, to recapture some of her teaching joy, she had to back off a little bit from other stuff within the school. Yeah. And I think that's great advice too. Like sometimes you need to back off, not just from things that are in your school, but maybe in your life, if you're stretched too thin, like yeah. you always have to like recalibrate. I'll tell you what was a really fun thing I did last year. I skateboarded a lot in high school and before. And so last year, my daughter got into skateboarding and um, she was like, dad, I don't have none of her friends skateboarded. So she was like, would you, would you get a skateboard? And I thought, first of all, I'm in my forties and I haven't skateboarded in a minute. Like I'm not doing that. But then I ended up like, the more I thought about it, I'm like, why not? So I went out, I bought an old school Santa Cruz skateboard um, in the mall. And, uh, my daughter and I went to skate parks all last summer and it was so fun. Cause it was like a skateboard that like, I, there's a, a, there's a skateboard I've always wanted. And I still have not been able to find it. It's a Mark Gonzalez. Um, it was his first signature board from like 1985. And man, my neighbor, Jeff Cole had it. And he was the coolest kid I ever grew up next to. <laughs> I ever knew as a kid and Jeff Cole had it. So I've always like, anytime I've seen that board, I'm like, damn, that's, that's a sweet board. But it was the Santa Cruz board that I always thought was cool and having like tapping into that, right. It's the thing I always wanted as a kid. I just went out and bought it and then having it and like putting in my trunk and then my daughter and I like busting out to these skate parks all summer and like riding all over the place and finding parking lots and tennis courts and stuff. It just was so damn fun to do this, even though I wasn't doing tricks or anything, it was just cruising around but it was finding this thing that you used to do that brought you so much joy and then trying it again and seeing if that still did it. So what was the thing when you were a kid that you could maybe do again? What was the thing that brought younger you joy? Maybe that's get buy a Lego set. What if you're a 40 year old and you bought a Lego set and you put that thing together and you were like, man, this is really There's fun. There's some really awesome Lego right. sets for adults to yeah. put together nowadays. <laughs> what if it was going to more movies? What if it was start a podcast with your buddies about those movies that you went to see? Like what, what else could you do that would be unpredictable, silly, or fun that is going to fill you up with joy 
that allows you to then show up to school where like, I don't, this isn't the only thing going on in my life. It's incredibly important, but I'm filling up elsewhere. Yes. Um, Tracy asked a great question to Ryan in the comments saying like, is it the school environment or is it the like field itself? And he responded saying, uh, he's trying to figure that out, but the environment isn't the best, but it's not the worst. I think it's the field and the direction it's heading. So I think your advice is perfect because if it's more the field and the direction, it, I'm not so sure we can all, one person can do anything about the, the state of education, right? Yeah. It's, we all know it's terrible, but I think you can, your advice is solid because it's like, no, filling yourself up is, and balancing more of you during this time where education is in such turmoil helps you to manage still being able to do the job. You don't take it as personal right. either. It's not There's like so much other joy. It doesn't all ride on bring this. Joy, right. Yeah. And then the, beauty of that is that everyone else benefits from your joy. Yep. Um, and maybe do that with your coworkers and stuff, but you have to have boundaries. I think when hanging with coworkers, it's having boundaries where we're not just going to sit here and like complain about school the whole time. Um, it's let's just go out and have fun. So go do an escape room with your, with your coworkers and, you know, or go out to dinner or whatever. But I just think, I think that it's that the soul stuff, it's like anything that's going to fill your soul up, touch your spirit. You yeah. gotta, you gotta start there first before you can yep. do any of the other work. And, I mean, there were times I remember I got one of the last times I got in trouble last year was we were doing um, it was a really grueling week. The kids did really well in their vocab test. So um, or no, actually, they did well on whatever was happening. We were doing our final vocab review. And one of the songs was that we use as a review was uh, through the way that we review um, was a Little Mermaid song. And so for whatever reason, I bust out like the bubble maker. And we had the music on. I got that light that Brody bought me to plug into my computer and place party lights at oh, the same yeah, yeah. time. And the kids were all like singing. And I remember they did so well on their vocab test. And one of the things we were talking about was when you can lower the level of stress for students and not make it seem like this doesn't matter, but it's not the end of the world. Right. So let's go into this with a sense of like, we're just singing, we're having fun. If you don't do well, I want you to do the best that you can. You can retake it next Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, before school, after school, during lunch. And then that's a big deal too. So it's like creating those opportunities. But I remember I got in trouble because they did not think it was academic. But the thing was the students did better on the test. So I didn't give a credit, like proved yeah. my point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but All right. we good? All yeah. right, cool. Look, gang, the last thing, um, you know, if if you're still on here and you are, you are interested, I'm going to put this up here one more time. This is my buddy Shivy again. His family is going through this horrific loss of a 16 year old son. Um, and man, that one it's, it was just so out of nowhere. There's a GoFundMe that is raising money for Shivy and his family um, to, you know, there's a lot that goes, that comes with this. Right. And, and so it, it's helping to ease the financial burden on someone else. Um, something I almost never talk about. So when I talk about this, you know, it's important, but, the Brooks family is really, you know, it's, they're a special group in my heart. And so I just am hoping that like, if you feel it on your heart, if you feel moved to do this, you can go right to this link that I put on up on the page here and, um, and go and help them out in, in a way that you, uh, think you that you can. Um, and so that is it for this week. We will be back next week, 4 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, and it'll be after a week of, being back in it for the yeah. week. So if this is, if tonight's ending your spring break, have a great night, have a chill night. We're going to go 
eat some food and watch Mandalorian and Marley and I are going to go do nature art instead of going to do work right now. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Anything else, wife? Nope. Have a great week, everybody. Cool. All right, gang. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.